Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF. This is episode six called Donna. When I set out to do this podcast, I knew that I wanted to share as many different stories with as many different outcomes as possible. I wanted to show the happy endings, the soul crushingly sad ones, and the ones still in limbo. The ones that ended with babies and the ones that didn't. Because that's real life, right? Well, this episode is one of the ones that doesn't end with a baby. As Donna herself says, quote, never ever in a hundred million years did it dawn on me that I wouldn't have children. I just came to this realization that for whatever reason, this was just the plan and it wasn't meant to be. And it devastated me. I had to own part of it. I had started too late. I should have never waited. But then she goes on to say, but I'm so happy that I tried. Donna is an incredible woman that I'm proud to call my friend. She's super strong, super smart, and super generous. I really want to thank her so much for being so brave and telling this story. I know that it wasn't easy, and I went to her apartment to do the interview, and we both cried at her kitchen table. But as Donna explains at the end of her story, she wanted to tell this, and she wanted to be so open about it because she wanted to help people. And she also said, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically if she could give a gift to anybody who was listening, it would be to listen to your heart, that if you want to try and have a baby, don't wait, try and have that baby. And I'm not going to lie, this was a tough one, but it's really worth listening to. And again, I thank Donna for sharing it with us. So without further ado, this is Donna's infertility story. Thank you so much for talking to us today. So tell me about your family life, like growing up. Well, we have a, a small, I have like technically a small family in that I only have two brothers, but we have a huge extended family because we grew up surrounded, not living near them, but being this integral part of our life. And in a very strange um, kind of different thing. My mother was Jewish. My father was Catholic. They weren't allowed to get married when they first wanted to get married. And it was a whole, like the stories beyond that were really crazy. And people think we that because of that, it was so different. But what was really interesting is they both had very similar upbringings and they both have a huge importance of family. So we spent a lot of time with my mom's family in Cleveland, we still, even though my mom has passed away in 2004, we still go there every year for Thanksgiving. My father comes with us. We just had my father's 90th birthday party at the end of January, and my mom's entire family flew in for the party, as well as, well as his entire family. Wow. So, you know, it's very involved, and family's really important, and we grew up knowing that, like, yeah. that my parents put family first. It, it just was a really important element of our life. Okay. So growing up, did you always want to be a mom? Did you want to have kids? I did. I never, ever thought I wouldn't have kids. I started babysitting when I was really little. I coached little kids at the swim team. I love kids. I It never, I thought about being a teacher at one point. I never, ever in a hundred million years did it dawn on me that I wouldn't have children. On on. The other side, like if I could make like boxes and lines, I also was really very, very politically savvy. I joined now when I was 13. I knew I wanted a career. I knew I had to balance it all. 
but I had a working mother. Both of my grandmothers worked. So it's not that I didn't live in a world of people who worked. It's just that I just thought you could have it all. And I was convinced I was going to have it all. Mm-hmm. So tell me about, as you got older, what happened? Like, when did you make a decision when you started thinking about your family and your situation? Like, as you got into maybe your 20s or 30s? Unlike a lot of my friends, I didn't have this freak out at 30 that I wasn't married. I I lived in this belief that it was going to happen. And it's not a belief that, like I often say, like it's not a belief that I sat in a room and said, oh, he's just going to materialize. I did all those things. I went on match. I dated. I went out. I was so sure that it was just going to work out. I didn't freak out when I turned 30 that I wasn't married. I thought there was plenty of time. I didn't freak out when I turned 40 and I wasn't married. I think when I was about 35, I started thinking that maybe I would have to have a family on my own. By then, my brother had had the first of my two nephews, super, super close to them. And so I, at that point, talked to a doctor about freezing my eggs. And he's like, yeah, you're past that point. Like, it's too... It's too late for you. It's like, it's not even worth it at this point to do. And the truth of the matter is... You know, I'm 55, so like, think this is 20 years ago. I have no idea if he was giving me the right information or the wrong information. He's like, I don't even know how viable this is actually going to be for you to do. Like, are the eggs going to be usable? So in my mind, I was just like, eh, like, it's fine. I'm dating plenty of people. I'll find the right guy. It will all happen. And then I kind of, my mom got sick and... You know, I, then I started thinking about the whole, I'll just have a baby on my own. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, you know, like, it might have been about like 37 or 38 when the idea first, like, came into my head. My mother got cancer. It was like a six-year epic battle. In my head, I just kept believing it was going to happen. And I, I felt so young. I don't think I bought into any of the stuff that is really not has anything to do with how young you feel. Like it's just your body and no one really prepares you for that. And no one really prepares you of like, yeah, you may look like you're 30 and you may think like you're 30, but your reproductive system is 39 and that's not good. Right. It's such a good point. And I do want to touch on that too, because for me, I've, I've talked about this before where when I turned 35, I had no idea that your reproductive odds really plummet starting at that age. Nobody had sat down and really told me that. So hopefully by doing this and talking about it more, we'll get the word out more for like the listeners and maybe younger people listening that it really does take a turn and it's science. And you're right. It doesn't matter how young you feel and you look so young and you know, I know I feel 16 at heart. So like I get it when you're feeling young and feeling like, oh, this is no problem what you don't realize is the odds actually (laughs) are kind of against you, which is crazy. And then the other thing is, I don't think until you really start going through it, you really realize where your own thought processes are. So like for me, when I thought of the thought process, I remember I was working with a woman who had one baby through IVF and she wanted to have a second child and she just couldn't get pregnant again. And I remember them saying to her, 
us talking and her saying something like, well, we could use my husband's sperm and a donor egg, but I don't want to do that. And I'm like, really? Because it'd still be his child if I, like, I would do that. Right. And like, so you have these things in your head. And then when I started the process, I had all these things. So like when I started the process, I wanted to know who the donor was. I wanted it to be a personal friend of mine. I wanted it to be a person that I knew. It was super important to me, like, you know, of all these things that you think. And so I had this guy that I knew. He wasn't like a close friend, but I discussed it with him and he was totally on board. Okay. And how old were you at this point? 38. Okay. And even though my mom was sick in my head, I was like, great, he's agreed to do it. He was younger than me, you know, whatever. He was like, you'd be a great mom. I'm happy to help you. Did you guys have any sort of like contract or like agreement or was it just discussed? It was just, it was it was just kind discussed. Of like, okay, and it was is- like, he was like totally on board with it. I didn't really know what it meant at that time. I was dealing with my mom and everything. Right. But in my head, it was like, great. Okay. He's agreed. Here's my person. Right. You know, people often say to me, you have all these guy friends. Why didn't you go to any of them? And I'm like, you know... My brother's friend group, my, especially my younger brother's friend group, is very incestuous. We're very, very, that's probably not a great word. I don't mean it in the way it says. Right. Just, <laughs> everybody's just, very close. Everybody's very, very close with each other. There, There's a lot of judgment in the group. And, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. There's just a lot of beliefs of what is and what isn't. And I just wasn't comfortable going there. I should probably say that neither of my brothers were like, while I, I, they do not know to this day. Neither does my dad. They don't know that you went through all no. of this. Oh. No idea. Neither does my sister-in-law. Okay. One sister-in-law. I have one sister-in-law who knows. And because they were very clear they didn't approve. Oh, wow. I can say with 100% certainty, had I stood up at a Christmas table and said, I'm pregnant, my family would have 100% supported me. My brothers would have loved my child. There's no doubt about that. But, like, they weren't going to be the ones that say, go do it. Right. Was it hard for you to keep that a secret? Because you, obviously you talked about how close you were with all of them. So to not be able to tell them that you were going through this? It was. It was It was frustrating. I was lucky. I had really great friends who stood by me. Really, really great friends. Yeah. In my heart, when I really got into it, I knew that my mother would have stood by me. So the one person who would have stood by me wasn't there. Yeah. But I knew that she would have stood by me. And that made it easier. But once I knew I had this guy to do it, and then he and his girlfriend got really serious, and then they got engaged to get married. And he said that he had told her that he had told me he would do this, and she was like, no. And Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to imagine, because I don't think I ever would have said that to my husband at the time or anyone. And I didn't know her, and she didn't know me. We weren't romantic. There was nothing like I was no, believe me, I was no threat to her. But she had this belief that if they got married and could never have children, she would suddenly want the child that he and I had. And I kind of had said, but, you know, there'll be paperwork. Right. That won't be possible, though, you know. And, but she was adamant. And so it kind of like, you know, he said it, and it kind of like went in my head like, oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. It's so complicated at that point. And so you feel, 
you know, like you want to be understanding. And like, obviously we were, he and I were friends and he was someone I knew business wise. And I, you know, that like, I have to respect what somebody else is feeling. I feel, you know, it, it was hard. And I kind of like, it kind of took like the wind out of my sails. And at the same time, I will say there was like a lot going on. My mother took a turn for the worse, kind of all got bad, you know, it was really easy to distract myself from it. Really, really easy. Sure. And so I did. And then my mom passed away and I started thinking about it again. And I was like, I really feel like this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. My brother had married a woman who is a lawyer, a family practice lawyer. And she, you know, she kind of pushed me, not gently, like she, I, she didn't, she just kind of said, you'd be a great mom. You can do it on your own. I will totally stand behind you. Yeah. I will totally help you. You know, letting me know that she was there and that she would be there for me. So wait, this is your one sister-in-law? My one sister-in-law. That, that does know about that it? That does know. But your brother still didn't know? No. Oh, wow. Okay. And he still does not know. Okay. And at the same time, my college roommate, who I don't keep in great touch with, but do keep in touch with, had a baby. She wasn't married. Mm-hmm. and So same age as you? Same. Older right? than or me. Older, actually. Okay. She had it a while before, and she, because at my 40th birthday, she said to me, you need to do it. Mm-hmm. So my mom was still alive at that point. She came up for my 40th birthday. You need to do it. It's the best decision I ever made. So then what happened medically for you? Did you try an anonymous donor at So that then point, I was, there was a guy that I was obsessed with (laughs) that's a nice word to put about it and he threw out all the time that he would be the donor and so that gave me comfort okay and so I thought okay I'm going to go down this path and so then I went to talk to one doctor and this was like mm, 2006 I would 2005 so like I ran the marathon. I just said, that was like my thing. I was like, I was going to run the marathon. And once I ran the marathon, I was going to be able to do this. Because yeah. I was like, I hate to run. This was my accomplishment. Yeah. Congrats, by uh, the way. That's amazing. <laughs> I will never run a marathon. I'm putting it on the record right now. So, And he kind of, and then I went to see this one center and it was horrible. It was a horrible experience. They kept me waiting an hour and a half in the lobby, in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, the whole thing was horrible. And I was so miserable and I was so angry and I was so furious. Because it was a bad experience. It was so bad and they were so awful. And then they gave me like information and they sent me to this one, at that point, like me, they sent me to this one um, sperm bank to look at and there were so few choices. And I remember crying over it and thinking, it's not going to happen. Right. And all my friends were like, just go sleep with some guy. Okay. <laughs> just get knocked up. Just have a one night stand. And Come on. it's so alien to my being that I can't even like fathom right. it. And like, in truth, I like, there are moments when I said, yeah, that's what I should have done. Right. <laughs> Start like closing um, the bars. So I then kind of stepped back. And Did you find a different doctor? Yeah. Well, I changed like, gynecologists. Okay. And Good. then they sent me to a different center and the experience was night and day. Okay, good. It was remarkable. As a matter of fact, I've sent three, sent three friends who wanted to, mm-hmm. who were in the same thing to there and they've all gotten pregnant and, uh, and it was, the experience was as different as you can imagine. Good. Okay. So now you're feeling good and feeling supported and you found your right doctor. 
Then what happens? Did you start the process? I started the process. Well, they gave me the thing for California Cryobank, which was a whole different, like, which opened up a whole world to me. But at the same time, there was this guy and he, but then when, once I, that kind of went away when we started talking about, like, all the legal stuff of, you're tied, like, you know, he has to sign this and he wasn't willing. And then I just realized I can't go this way. Okay. So the, the guy you were obsessed with, now that door, That's gone. That door's and closed. I kind of okay. closed that door, which made me really step back and think, what is most important to me about it? And I think that I often say that, like, when I talk to people about it, that you, it's, it's a real life-defining moment to you of what was really clearly important to me. And it was like, like I had my list of criteria was so different from my friends. And so because I like live in this world surrounded by like really strong and great women, I printed out like my top choices and like had my friends read them and yeah. tell me so what they the thought for the donors. Okay. And it was amazing to me in the experience of a getting feedback from other women what was like important and funny. And like, when I think back on the experience, there's moments that are like really lovely and make me laugh just in the silliness. Like I will say that one guy listed his favorite colors is blue and orange. And like my one friend who went to Florida is like, you have to pick him. I'm like, not picking someone because his favorite colors. First of all, A, I hate Florida. And I don't want my kid to be a gator to begin with. And second of all, that is absurd. Right. But it did help. Like, like for me, it's added like some levity. It, to yeah. Like and I kind of like, I approached it as like, but then I became very clear on what was important to me. You know, I wanted, um, I have a weight issue. I wanted to make sure I didn't pick someone who had a weight issue. So that became super important to me. I wanted someone, obviously, like there were the basics. Like I wanted a good family health and I wanted them to have an, like an education. Like they didn't have to be a doctor. There was none of this. Like they have to be brilliant. There was like, I want them to have an education and care about that. I will say that I did look at, did they play sports? They're a mm -hmm. huge part of my life, yeah. but so are theater and music. So all of that kind of played into it, but it came down to my two biggest things were, I wanted that guy to be open to meeting my child when he was 18. It was okay. the number one thing. Okay. If they were not willing to meet the child and to be available, should the child have medical things, they were off my list. Okay. And the weight thing. They okay. were the two. Were, were those things hard to find? No. Or, okay. It just was harder for me to actually figure out, like, calling a lot of my guy friends who thought I was crazy and saying to them, how much, how tall are you and how much do you weigh? Right. <laughs> because I had <laughs> to this. To compare. Right. Yeah. Like, I would have this thing, like, like, okay, he looks healthy. Right. What, what does, you know, and so that kind of became kind of a game, but like, I didn't get caught up, but it was it like, I had like this whole file and, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a daunting procedure to like go through them and you get their baby pictures right. and you can buy more and you can buy less. Did and, you do the one where they had interviews and like, yep, audio? and you okay. can listen to them yeah. and, and, you know, I was curious to how many children they fathered. And I had all these thoughts in my head, like, what if this person has fathered like 90 children and my child goes to college and meets them? And yeah, but I like, so they all live in your head and they, you get them answered and you just go methodically through it. But at some point you realize that this is it and this is the person. Okay. And it changed. I will say I did not stay. I mean, I, pro I worked on, 2009 through 2014 is the time I did IVF. Okay. So I had a number of donors during that time okay. period. But they all 
fell into a very similar pattern okay. of that, okay. of, of what I wanted. And was everything okay on your side with your eggs at this point? Like using a donor, were they able to say? Yes. No, so, okay. the, the eggs, so what was interesting financially for me cause I, um, was that because I was 46 when I started, which was old, I mean, really, really old. I remember being at the center and somebody who worked, who knew my brother came in with his wife and hiding in a back room because I didn't want them to see me and yeah. I didn't think they wanted me to see them. Like, I didn't feel shame, but I I didn't think they would want me to know. Right. I certainly didn't want them to know, not because I felt shame, but for a whole different reason. Right. And, you know, I thought about it a lot when I was getting ready to talk to you. I do think that there's, when you're single and you come at this from being single, you, there's a slightly different thing. And so this goes into where like a lot of my money went. When you're single and you're not pregnant, you don't come to the center with this notion that you couldn't get pregnant, right? You come in it very differently. And so I think one, it changed my mental state because it wasn't like I had spent three or four years with my husband trying to get pregnant. Right. So you're like, so, this is going to happen, obviously, right. if I, you know, spend enough money and do enough things. Right. On, on the on the medical procedure side, there is this thing of all the things that have been ruled out for women who have been trying for three or four years have not been ruled out for you. Okay. So all the tests that are covered by your insurance when you're trying with your husband right. are not covered for you oh. because you haven't tried. Oh. So all the things you have to rule out have to get ruled out. Okay. So normally, like my doctor said, I would tell you to try two or three times. We'll just monitor your periods. We'll not do any egg retrieval. We'll monitor your periods. We'll see if you get pregnant. We do that three or four times. You didn't get pregnant. The tests would be covered. You're 46. I don't really want to do that. I think you should go and have this thing of tests. I'm like, how much is that going to be? He's like Mm $10,000. I'm like. Out of pocket. Out of pocket. Not covered. Not covered. Um, He goes, it would be covered if we tried for six months and you didn't get pregnant. But if I try for six months and you didn't get pregnant, and one of the reasons you didn't get pregnant is because one of these things is wrong with you. We've wasted six months. Yeah. You're 46. Wow. Do we want to waste six God, months? adding pressure and, like, drama to an already so, so fraught situation. Yeah. So we just, I decided that I wanted to try one time okay. before we, I paid the, tried one time. I don't, like, there's a sense of ego in that. Like, ugh, trying one time, I'll get pregnant. Sure. No big deal. I didn't get pregnant. Had all the tests. Everything was fine. Okay, so this is your first round of IVF. Yeah. No, that was my no. first. No IVF at oh, that no point. IVF. Just straight like here's donor, a donor did you sperm. Do IUI or yeah. Okay, but no like no drugs. No okay. like just monitor your periods. Gotcha. We'll make sure we we tried that three times. We went okay. through three times, and I didn't get pregnant. Then we started the whole thing with the IVF okay. and the shots. And all of that. Yep. <laughs> Which was a whole nother experience. I hate needles. Terrified of mm-hmm. them. I had to learn to do them all. I remember telling myself, this is what you want. Suck it up and stop being a baby. I had friends who said, I'll come and give you the shots. But I kind of was on the like, if I'm going to have a baby by myself, I have to be able to do this. Mm. Suck it up. I will say the only really hard one was after you had 
the transfer and you had to do the one in your back by yes. yourself. Yes. And they, they drew this giant black circle on my The butt. target. Yes. And I would look in, in the, the mirror. mirror and like do this and just like pray that I wasn't going to hit my sciatic nerve. Yes. And. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so I would say my second round of IVF, I got pregnant. Okay. Super excited. Yeah. I lost the baby at maybe a month. I'm so sorry. I was pretty philosophical about it. Uh, um, my doctor used to say, like, you're the calmest IVF patient I have. Like, mm-hmm. you have no mood swings. You have no, you just roll with the punches. And I said, I just believe it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And there were crazy moments for me. There were moments where I was visiting one of my brothers and I got my period unexpectedly and I didn't have any of the medicine. And fortunately, that's the sister-in-law who knew and she worked in the business and she knew she's she's a family doctor and she, fam, not doctor, family lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so she worked, she knew people and then we called a, she called a doctor she knew who dealt with it. They got me the medicine. I made up a reason why I had to go downtown. It was, cr- it was crazy. Yeah. Um, like one time I had to fly somewhere. I, my one brother is, is very wealthy and we were flying to a funeral and we were on a private plane and I had to give myself a shot and I'm giving myself a shot in, in the, the bathroom. In the bathroom of the airplane. Of the airplane. You're not <laughs> the first person I've talked to that's given themselves a shot in an airplane bathroom. That's so funny. And, um, you know, and I just, I learned to to work around it and to work around the 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 parts of it and yeah. i think because for whatever reason the the medicine like you know i don't know what it did to you and whatever i i had none of these crazy mood swings i just i didn't i yeah. just i mean i like everything was very philosophical to me and i don't know i can't tell you why i just yeah. i believed it was going to happen it took almost another year before I got pregnant again. Okay. So how many rounds were you doing? I would say like... I was doing like three a year. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and one of the rounds, I got shingles in the middle of the thing, and I had to stop the whole thing. Oh, God. And Did it have anything to do with all the no, medicine stuff? No, well, it was just, well, it's it's just it's a virus, right? It's a virus. It was a really, really mild case of it. Um, but they were like, that's it. You can't come here for like two months. At, oh like you can't God. be around people who are trying to get pregnant. You can't come here for two months. You have to, you can't be anywhere near here. We have to scrub this whole thing. Oh. And I got pregnant a second time and was only pregnant like a week. And then I got pregnant again the third time, oh at which point God. I was the oldest person they ever got pregnant at the center. Wow. How old were you at that point? Uh, so that was 2012. So how old does that make me? 46, 47, 49, 49. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was pregnant for about two months and lost the baby. Oh, honey. And I wanted to try again. And they let me try one more time. And the whole egg retrieval went terrible. And like was uh, at this point, like when I was doing it, they were getting like one, maybe two eggs. Like okay. it had never been that they were getting, I was not the 20 year old that they were, or the 30 year old where they were getting 12, 13, right. 14 eggs. It was always they were getting three or four. Okay. But like this time they had only gotten one and it didn't, it was, it didn't take. And yeah. they, the doctor called me and said, 
you know, we're not, you, you have to stop. Okay. And, um, just what you're putting your body through at this point. So how many total rounds did you do? I don't even know. You don't know? I don't know. Wow. What would you Is guess? Is that bad? No, that's not bad at all. <laughs> no judgment. I'm just, it's, it's wild, right? It's, I, it's um, I, I don't know. 10? 10, 12. Wow. I was furious when he called and told me that, you know, I was mad about the last egg retrieval. I felt they didn't do their job. Yeah. He blamed it on my weight. I was angry. I, he said, you know, the bottom line is we don't know. We are pumping you so full of drugs to get the one or two eggs we're getting. I, I it's just not safe. Or, mm-hmm. and at which point he said to me, you should buy a donor egg. Mm-hmm. And you should carry to term. He goes, you, there is nothing that says you won't carry to term if you. He and I said, why would I buy a donor egg? I wanna, I should just adopt if that's what I'm gonna do. And sure. he's like, there's something different. Like you know, he had a whole thing. There's something different about nurturing it in your body. And I think that I was, I just went. I was so angry. I I don't know that I was depressed. I probably was. Yeah. I just think I was just angry. I was pissed. I was pissed at my mom. I felt that in heaven she should be directing this right. to happen she be for me. For you more, pulling um, some strings. Oh. And um, you know, I just it just kind of and then people like there's a lot of people in the world who are like a lot of my friends are like oh you should adopt. And, you know, like I said, I have a brother who is fairly wealthy. He's not fairly wealthy. He's very wealthy. Mm -hmm. And people are like, won't he give you money? And I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If he, he loves me, but if he doesn't believe in something is the right thing to do, he's not backing you. I had gone through all of my savings and then some. Because while a lot of my IVF was covered... The sperm's not covered. The transferring of it's not covered. A lot of the medicine isn't covered. And I was really adamant that I just, you know, was not going to go. I couldn't afford to go into debt over it. And, you know, when it was done, it was done. And I just, I think that I just kind of went into this place and I just came to this realization that for whatever reason, this was just the plan. Yeah. And it it wasn't meant to be. And it devastated me. Yeah. It was literally devastating. And I don't want to be like, oh, I blame myself, but I had to own part of it. I had started too late. I should have never waited. I, you know, made, there were moments where I put off doing another round because I had something else that I wanted to do and I probably shouldn't ever like so it's I I try to look back and say like it's not like I sit here and beat myself up over it two of my nephews know that I've done it my other nephews and my my other niece and nephew are too young to know and they told them that I'm never sorry that I did it. Mm-hmm. I am so happy that I tried. Mm-hmm. I am so happy that I, for all the pain and the anguish, that I made the choice to to do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, because I think in the end, had I never tried, I would be sitting here saying, oh, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Mm-hmm. And that has given me a different kind of thing of it. Like I was at dinner the other night with a 
co someone I know through business and just kind of turned into a personal thing. And she was saying how she wanted to try, but she just couldn't. And she like, there was this with work and that was this work. And I just looked at her and I said, let me just tell you something. There is, take it from me. There is no good time. There's no perfect moment. What there is, is do you want a baby? Go and do it. I said, and if I could give any advice, I tell that to my friends who ask me about it. I say, you know, now it's different. I understand. I hear people all the time freezing their eggs when they're 20. If I was 20 now, I would freeze my eggs. Right. Um, but we didn't, when I was in my twenties, like nobody talked about nobody that. Nobody talked about it. Yeah. Do you have any anger towards the doctor at, when you were 35 that told you not to freeze your eggs? N- no. Or like, do you wish that you had done it at that point? Maybe. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I think I look at that and I say like, I think that he, his thing was kind of like, go get pregnant. He, I, I think that his, his thing was like, if you want a baby, go get pregnant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think for me, I turn around and I, I, I'm, I'm not religious by any means. So it's not like I think I ever sit back and say, this is God's plan for me. I just sometimes believe that some things are meant to be the way they are mm-hmm. and you just accept them. And yeah. I, I won't say I didn't wallow. I won't say I didn't have anger. I I yeah. think I told you at one point that I still have the whole entire file of every doctor's visit, all the different forms I've printed out. And yeah. I there's moments where I'm like, you need to throw this out. But why? You don't. Because it's your history. It's it your is. Story. But you know, there's you know, on the flip side, I have an aunt who's ninety and I spent like six weeks cleaning out her apartment and like it was so hard and I don't want to leave that to my nephews and niece to be here and be like what the f- yeah is this? <laughs> yeah and you know I mean I've tried and you know in a different world since I've now been through it I tell them to just throw it all in the trash can yeah and, rid of it all. and get rid of everything um yeah but you just I I think the only I I don't even have anger at me I think I have resigned acceptance that this is what was meant to be yeah did you deal with this through like how did you cope with I had a therapist at the time she was not super helpful mostly because I had picked a therapist on purpose I'm surrounded by people who are like it's okay it's gonna be and I had picked a therapist who was all about tough love okay and um so I shouldn't say she wasn't helpful. What she was she say to you? about tough love. And she was like, yeah, it would have been better if you had lost weight. You should have started earlier. You can adopt. You need to go to your brother and ask him to loan you money to adopt. If you want a child, that's what you need. If you, you know, she was very much about pushing More like me. matter of fact. About yeah, stuff. she was just very much about like, don't whine to me about what can't be. Hmm. Take positive action to change what you can. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I applied to be a foster parent. Okay. I don't have a two-bedroom, and they won't give you a child if you don't have a second bedroom. Oh, which wow. Which leads tons of people to say to me, just sell your apartment and buy a smaller two-bedroom. And I guess you could point out that I didn't do that. I, you know, maybe I didn't. Maybe when it was all said and done at 50, I was like, yeah, it's just not going to be. And I'm not. There are other choices. Yeah. And there's other ways to to contribute and 
But to this day, I will tell you that if I talk to anyone, I would tell them to do it, do Mm -hmm. it, do it, and don't sit on it. And to follow your heart, that if this is what you want, that... That, you know, now I sit in the thing where I have a lot of friends who are a lot younger than me that are in their 30s and that have struggled with getting pregnant. And I think the hardest thing for me with that is that hearing them say, like, well, nobody can know I'm doing this. I'm like, I don't, I, why? It's, there should be no shame in this. Mm -hmm. There should be no, like, bad feelings about the fact that you had to have help because the goal is for you to have a child that you're going to love. Now, if you don't want to expose everyone to it because if it fails, you don't want to, I totally get it. Yeah. But don't not tell people because you think it's shameful. shameful. Or, yeah. I think you need to follow your heart and you've got to go into it knowing that it may never happen. Mm-hmm. And you have to be honest with that, but you have to also go, it's a really challenging thing to go into something saying like, this may never happen and believing it's going to happen at the same time. Yeah. That's a that's really so hard place tricky. to be. Yeah, it's so tricky. But I think that I wish I had navigated through the rules faster, my own, and they were my rules. Yeah. I wish I'd, I had let go of my pre- preconceived things, like to come down at the end to two things when I started with this list that was like this long, right. to these two most important things. I wish I'd gotten there faster, and I think I could have gotten there faster if I had let go of what I thought was the notion. And I just, I think that if you want to be a parent, you should be a parent. Mm -hmm. I will say someone said to me, what, do you really think it's right of you to bring a child into the world without a father? And I said, yeah, I do. Because I know that I can love that child enough, and I know that I can give that child male role models. Right. And I don't think anyone gets to tell you that you don't get to be a parent if that's what you want. Right, right. Well, thank you, Donna, for sharing this with us. I know this is not easy, and I think that you're going to help a lot of people. I hope so. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Hey, guys, it's Allie again. Thanks so much for listening. Just a couple thoughts. I was talking to somebody this week who I interviewed, and their episode will be coming up soon, but we were talking about how it's so funny that we're part of this sisterhood, this infertility sisterhood that we never wanted to be a part of. But in thinking about it, I'm actually so glad that I am part of it because I'm getting to meet so many incredible people and talk to so many incredible people. So again, I really appreciate everybody for sharing their stories. We have so much more good stuff to come. So please keep listening and passing it on. And I will talk to you next time. Thanks.